0: You're listening to the Today's Conveyancer podcast, the leading source of information for residential property lawyers in England and Wales. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todaysconveyancer.co.uk. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and
1: Twitter. Hello and welcome to the latest Today's Conveyancer podcast i'm david opie and i'm delighted today to be joined by stuart young of my identity Um, stuart is going to talk to us today a little bit about uh, the digital identity trust scheme uh, and i've got to get the wording right because stuart's told me um, which is a a government scheme that is designed to help conveyances particularly uh, and other Uh, parts of the property market really understand who they're dealing with when it comes to uh, vendors and and purchases Uh, and I don't want to take too much of your thunder Stuart so I'm I'm not going to say a huge amount more but um we'll we'll sort of dive right in Um, I've talked about the digital identity trust scheme Um, there's also a, a framework perhaps you might start by helping us to understand what the scheme is, what the framework is and and some of the work that you're doing with the government on on identity.
0: Great, thank you very much, David, and great to catch up with you again. Um, We've been working for over two years now. Um, Government has been working on a digital identity trust and attributes framework for for the UK. And within that, they've enabled the a framework that allows different sectors to develop a scheme, um, a digital identity trust scheme uh, that is aligned to the government standards, but schemes that help meet the requirements of that particular sector. So we've been working for over two years with government on the development of a digital identity trust scheme for specifically the home buying and selling sector. And this covers everything from the state agency to the legal part, the, legal, the conveyancers and lawyers, Mortgage brokers and obviously the lenders. Um, it's very much an industry supported scheme. It's a cross-industry sector, it's a cross sector scheme, and it's working to meet DCMS standards and improve the process of identity ver- verification across the sector. And it also meets um, DLUC, the Department for Leveling Up Communities and Housing um, objectives about improving parts of the home buying and selling process. So over the last few years, this work has included us working with government, the estate agency, legal, financial service regulators and representative bodies to ensure that we design a scheme that meets the requirements of what people need from this sector. So we're really pleased that we've had the input of over 120 organisations that have enabled us to now go into what is the beta stage of the project, which is actually testing the My Identity scheme in the real world for home buying and selling.
1: And to kind of put in context the work that's being done here, this is about trying to get the identity of somebody checked once and once only, and and then that identity can be used throughout the whole of the transaction. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, this is one of the key objectives. We know that um, identity verification is a high friction area for consumers; they're having to do it up to four times through the process. So. We've had, um, we had market research done for us by one of the largest estate agencies last year. And a very, very common complaint, complaint from consumers was, why am I continually having to prove my identity when I've done it once already? So the scheme is designed to enable a consumer to get their identity verification done once and once only and have the control to own that and then share that. Because in the end, it's your identity. You should own it. You should have the ability to share that. So the scheme has been designed to meet the government requirements, enabling the consumer to share their identity very much through a consent-driven process, ensuring full GDPR compliance. And very importantly, it doesn't tie the consumer or the service provider, you know, which is the law firm, the conveyancer, into using one identity provider or being tied into um, one provider's technology. The scheme is designed around standards, around the AML and GPG-45, which are the government standards, Good Practice Guide 45, and the scheme is technology agnostic. So it's about giving more and better control to the consumer and better protecting the consumer and giving consumers choice and building into the framework the concept of a reusable identity So one of the big things that we've been able to do achieve for the identity providers as part of this is working through the My Identity scheme is to enable them to to use their identity, provide their identity services, not just to one particular cohort of the home buying and selling sector, but to multiple service providers. So they could, you know, they could be dealing with a mortgage broker or a conveyance or an estate agent or a lender. The heart, the heart of this is the the, the the consumer in the process, protection for the consumer and to improve the process of ID&V, which for conveyancers and lawyers and brokers, it makes it a lot more quicker and easier for them to onboard a client and brings conveyancers earlier into the process of dealing with the client.
1: And uh, I think uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but before we started recording, we were just sort of chatting about the difference between the, the framework and the, the scheme. Um, the whole point of the work that you're doing within the scheme is that it's dedicated to the home buying and selling sector. So the work that you're doing is relevant to conveyances. This isn't a, um, this isn't sort of a mandated process from on high. This is actually something where you've gone out, you've got um, engagement from around the industry, you've got engagement from ID providers to really try and make this work specifically within the home buying and selling process.
0: Correct. Um, so we've, we've looked at this, as I said earlier, we had 120 organisations involved in this and we broke it down into working groups between state agents financial services, and very importantly, the legal services se- sector. And what we've did, been able to do is take on board the requirements of each stakeholder group in the process, and then be able to reflect their needs and requirements within the overall scheme. And this, this is very important, because it's going to work for everyone. Um, and I think the approach that DCMS have taken is very good, because they've set a framework, a legal framework at a policy level, which they started to legislate on, which we've seen in the right to rent and right to work coming into effect from 6th of April of this year. And they're planning to legislate on this for next year. So what we've got as an industry is the opportunity to to test the scheme, to make sure it meets all our various requirements. And uh, we have a scheme then that, that we can all use that um, helps us improve our service delivery for consumers hopefully help contribute towards reducing delays in the process because the more identity checks that a consumer has to go to the more delays that that introduces and also and this is very importantly to actually improve the standards of id identity verification because at the moment there is no generic standard for identity verification it's an unregulated market So this has a lot of impacts on the actual identity providers operating in this sector.
1: And I think that will probably surprise quite a few people that there are a myriad of ways that you can conduct client due diligence. And, you know, we know that there's 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 paper methodology. We know that there's uh, digital electronic methodologies as well. But what you're saying is at the moment that market is largely unregulated the data that they use isn't necessarily regulated in any way so what are the requirements that are being placed on identity providers as a result of the scheme
0: that's a really good question david the most important thing to understand now is identity providers are need to be certified and to become they going to be regulated because it's an unregulated sector So, the first point to note is that these IDSPs, who are now working to scheme standards, will carry more liability, something that they've never done before. So, for any user of an identity provider, if I were a a convencer or a lawyer, the first question I'd be asking of my current identity provider is, are you working to DCMS certification? And this is a very important um, key change in, in the sector. Now, the IDSPs are working towards those identity providers that are working towards certification. This is ensuring that they can evidence that they meet what are called the GPG 45 guidelines, the good practice guidelines on how to do identity verification. So this ensures that any user of an identity provider can work with them with the confidence that they're now working to a recognized industry and government standard. There are currently no certified identity providers out there, but for those going through the process of certification, they can only be certified by a ucast approved auditor. I think secondly, in the element of consumer choice, as I previously mentioned, and is by not tying the consumer to a specific technology, they should have choice as this supports a reusable identity for things like employment or rent purposes. So work we're doing within the financial services sector is exploring how a financial institution can reuse a consumer's identity for other purposes, not just convincing. And indeed, we are doing work now with some law firms who are also looking at the use of identity for probate and wills. So they're, they're looking at it for how else can I provide better services to my, my existing customers? I think thirdly, under the JMLSG guidance, you can trust and use the IDV carried out by a third party so long as it is accredited or certified to offer the identity verification through a government or industry process that involves meeting minimum published standards. So this is very important for a law firm and a conveyancer to be asking their identity provider, are you working towards this certification? Because if they are, it means then that that identity can be shared and used, and it very much provides protection for the conveyancer and the lawyer that they know that they're meeting their obligations. So we're also doing work to get into the SCA sandbox environment, and the FCA sandbox provides that specific relaxation on, on compliance to allow testing of the defined processes in the trial. So We, you know, we must remember there's there's four stakeholders involved working with that one customer to help them buy their home. So for IFAs and lenders, this ensures that they can take part in the proof of concept and the beta trials without worrying about compliance. Obviously, the compliance relaxation only covers the specific processes being tested, documented, and agreed with the FCA. And I think for identity providers, they need to be cognizant of the fact that they need to ensure that their customers, you know, the the agencies, the law firms, the conveyancers can accept identities that have been generated by different certified identity providers in line with the cross-industry My Identity Scheme and the DCMS framework requirements. So the My Identity Scheme is open, it's technology agnostic, it's very easy for a, a law firm to just take part in the scheme. They just need to take part in evidence that they're meeting the standards and have to be able to accept the identity of a consumer that's been presented to them that might have used a different identity provider and i think finally our understanding from dcms is that they have specifically instructed organizations not to infer that they are have achieved certification just yet so you can't be government accredited you just need to work only ucas can accredit a certification organization And then the certification organisations will be able to certify the identity providers. This hasn't commenced yet, but we are seeing now the government is working with these two bodies that will do the certification of identity providers. So this will then enable identity providers to become certified and hopefully in the next three to four months.
1: And do we know at this stage which identity providers are working towards this framework?
0: My understanding is there's approximately 30 um, identity or 30 identity service providers working through self-certification. You have to remember that there are a number of identity providers that operate in other sectors. So that doesn't necessarily mean there's 30 going through that operate in the home buying and selling sector. But we certainly have five who are working through that certification. They're working as part of the scheme. And they are Digi Identity. Uh, there's a company called OBID there's nuggets there's third fort and yoti who are all working towards the scheme certification and also operating on this my identity scheme as well
1: and and would you anticipate then that sort of the the the, the other organizations that are out there that are, are, are providing id checks they're going to have to sort of move towards being recognized by this uh, by this scheme
0: I would imagine um, looking at it from a market perspective, when you look at the financial services sector, you look at the gambling sector, you look at proof of age schemes, you know, government, you know, all these schemes are being developed. And for identity providers to operate, they need to become certified. And government has already started to legislate on this with the right to work and right to rent. So I think it clearly demonstrates the direction of travel of government, what they're trying to achieve. And I think for any user of an identity provider, why would you not want to use an identity provider that is working to industry government standards? And under AML requirements, you know, you can use an identity provider so long as they're certified. So I think the question is the market should be asking of their identity providers why they wouldn't work towards certification.
1: I think one of the questions that a lot of conveyancers will ask and wider legal services, Stuart, is what is the, what sort of cover will the liability provide? Because at the moment, um, ID providers don't necessarily give any assurances that the individual that's being verified is, is who they say they are in a lot of ways. And actually, you know, the liability still sits with the conveyancer.
0: It does, and and that's the way the market's operated, isn't it? The identity providers will will provide information to a conveyancer, and under the conveyancer's obligations and own risk assessment, they make an assessment on the information that's provided to them that that evidence is verifying the identity of their client. What's happening now through the scheme is that identity providers working as part of the scheme will actually start to carry liability up to the value of £1 million, Now, this does not absolve the conveyancer, the broker, the lender of their obligations around CDD and KYC, but what it does now start to do is start to push liability onto the identity providers that they, if anything goes wrong, if they have, if they, if through an audit or a check, if evidence is found that they have not done what they have meant to have done under the scheme rules, they're then carrying liability for that, which I think that's that can only be good news for a conveyancer and a lawyer who generally carries the can when something goes wrong. So this is one of the key objectives about the scheme, is to help introduce greater certainty and surety into the process from the outset. Because work that we we know that we've been doing within the insured, insurers sector, the brokers who provide the PII cover for law firms and conveyancers, they have said to us, and they've come out publicly on this, that for for law firms conveyances who adopt the scheme standards they can see PII costs coming down by up to 60% in the next four to five years because at the moment for the insurers every every law firm that they providing PII cover to they have to do a, a risk assessment on them because they're all working to different standards using different providers but by, getting, by, the, by the conveyances and law firms using c- certified identity providers, that then gives the insurers something to work from because it actually reduces the risk. And this is very important because 60% of fraud in uh, property and mortgage fraud starts with identity fraud. So right away, we can start to increase the barriers to property and mortgage fraud, which will increase the protection for conveyances and lawyers at the front end.
1: I think any reduction in PII is welcome, Stuart. Um, I, I don't know whether the sort of percentages that you're talking about there are, are achievable. Is that sort of a, a figure that you've heard from an insurance provider specifically, or?
0: Yeah, this is from a figure from the risk provider um the underwriters and risk people within some of the brokers. That th- this is ongoing work, just now. Now, what that means is just to be clear, it doesn't mean that a law firm who adopts the scheme is going to suddenly enjoy a 40, 50 percent reduction in their PII cover. It's something that they would have to work to and evidence over a four five year period. So they work towards achieving that, but they could certainly start to look at getting reductions in their PII cover fairly early on in the process.
1: Very welcome, no doubt. Um, the uh, uh, Land Registry released um, their own safe harbour scheme, uh, with uh, with a bit of fanfare. In fairness, uh, sort of last year, which uh, essentially said that if you followed sort of all the uh, guidance and uh, and risk assessments, uh, that essentially if there was an error. Uh, you wouldn't be held liable as as the conveyancer. Effectively, you know, you'd have safe harbour. Uh, you've got my identity. Uh, to the outside looking in, there look to be two competing um, sets of uh, schemes here, Stuart. Can you clear that up for us? Because it's not quite the case, is it?
0: No, it's not. And that is a good question, actually, and has caused conf- confusion. And quite often people are thinking that they are competing schemes, but to be very clear, they're not. I mean, one of the organisations that's had a lot of input into us helping design the scheme has been Land Registry over the last couple of years. And we've been very, very open in in our working relationships with Land Registry. And they've been absolutely brilliant in their support around this. Um, We have to be mindful of the fact that not everyone is digitally included. And the the Safe Harbour scheme is one way of doing IDV purely in a digital format. You know, Not everyone has a smartphone with a NFC reader on their phone, or they might not have an up-to-date passport or driving license. And this this has been highlighted to us many, many times as a common problem for agents, um, conveyancers, brokers, lenders as well, as they often have to deal with people who are digitally excluded or indeed might not even be UK citizens. So under the scheme, the government's GPG-45 guidelines highlight that there are actually eight different profiles for doing an IDV and the safe harbour, the land registry safe harbour is only one of these profiles. So without getting too technical, it is the safe harbour profile is what's known as MC1. And to be honest, this is great. What land registry have done is it really helps to support the market and conveyances are moving more towards enabling digital identity verification checks. But what we've had to do, and it's one of our many tasks from the government, was to ensure that the scheme ensured inclusivity. So it has to provide mechanisms to enable people who are digitally excluded, as I say, might not have a smartphone or an an up-to-date passport. And especially for a lot of non-UK citizens, they're using different types of documentation and information. So the scheme is designed to... Ensure that no matter where you're coming from, you can get through, you can get your IDV done, your identity verification. So just to reiterate, the the land registry safe harbor is one of eight different ways of doing identity verification. Um, the scheme is designed to ensure that. So the DLUC requirement is to was designing the scheme was to ensure and support market innovation. Letting the certified identity providers further develop their own technological innovation, working with their clients. So that means conveyance as lawyers when they're dealing with their identity provider, they need to make sure that their identity provider can also support clients coming through the process who who are digitally excluded or just don't have the right technology or an up-to-date passport or driving license
1: you know, the danger here is that people see these different schemes and they see, they see certification, they see, you know, all all these different kind of, I I guess, uh, jargon, uh, all this jargon sort of flown around uh, and and it's really important to try and sort of wade, wade through that and and just clear up that actually, you know, governments are trying to make this easier for conveyances, not harder. My identity is underway. you talked about it being in beta testing. How do conveyances get involved?
0: Ah, that's very easy, David. They can get in touch with us directly. We have a website now. It's myidentity.org.uk, and they can contact us through that. Um, we've seen over the last couple of years as well, a lot of the representative bodies have been strongly encouraging their members to take part in the scheme through communications that they've been pushing out. So the likes of the CLC, Property Mark, Conveying Association, to name a few. They can get in touch with us directly through their representative bodies there. And we've also got a governance team in place on the project, which is made up of re- representatives from the likes of the CLC, from the Conveying Association, UK Finance, Building Societies Association, etc. So people can get in touch with us through their representative bodies too.
1: I uh, I think we've probably sort of cleared up a few of the questions around. um, The direction of travel for identity. I think the main thing uh, that I've taken away from today is that this is about making. The identity provision bit of the home move easier by trying to get one sort of verified identity right at the outset. um, and, uh, And 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 not have this requirement to have to check the identity of the individuals involved uh, at, at each stage of the process. Um, so that's been really helpful, Stuart. Thank you very much indeed for joining today, for for, uh, for being involved in the podcast. And um, thank you very much indeed to everybody for listening. Uh, Stuart, if, if, they, if anybody's got any questions for you directly, uh, have you got any contact details that you can share?
0: Yeah, um, my email is s.young at myidentity.org.uk or David if it's okay with you people can get in touch with you directly because this has been a great great conversation actually great opportunity to try and clarify some of the uncertainty that's in the marketplace just now.
1: Thank you Stuart thank you so much for joining uh, and thank you again for listening. You're
0: listening to the Today's Conveyancer podcast, the leading source of information for residential property lawyers in England and Wales. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todaysconveyancer.co.uk.
1: You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter.